episode 70, How to Have More Freedom. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live life amplified. Benjamin Franklin once said, Freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to Life Amplified. As I record the podcast this week, we are celebrating American independence. It is the 4th of July. Doing all things freedom, although we really celebrate it in weird ways. We take the day off work, we overeat on burgers and hot dogs, and then usually we overdrink because the there's always some person on the news who had one too many Miller lights and then they blew off three fingers in a fireworks accident. My great wish and hope for you is that you are not that person. And if you're listening to a podcast like this, you're probably not. But I love Fourth of July and the American Revolution is really one of my favorite periods in history because one of my core values, if you've listened to this podcast over the past two years, is risk taking and stepping into uncertainty and leaving the comfort zone and understanding that nothing great has ever been created in the history of mankind with a known attachment to the outcome. And the American founding fathers totally embody that principle for me. I mean, it was a huge gamble to sign the Declaration of Independence. Had the American Revolution failed, the founding fathers would have been executed by hanging, their property would have been seized, and that would have ensured that their wives and children lived in poverty. So it was a tremendous risk that they took. And none of it, by the way, what they did was in the name of personal enrichment. It wasn't about acquiring more wealth. The founding fathers already had more money than most. But there was a true belief that the loss of freedom was worse than death. And here we are over 200 years later. And I think that that spirit still exists, not just in America, but across the globe, because I've had the privilege of working with people in many, many countries. And freedom is the number one word I see on coaching applications. It's the number one thing that I hear from people when they're looking to create a big change in their life, particularly if they want to leave a soul-sucking job. And even though it's a great buzzword, what I've also found is very few people have a clear idea of what freedom is for them. Because there is no set definition. Freedom means different things for different people. Some people think freedom is just selling their house, hitching up a tiny house to the back of a truck, and going out in the middle of nowhere and living off the land. Other people view freedom as just filling up your passport full of stamps and getting around to see the world. Other people look at freedom as working for themselves and leaving a soul-sucking job. Some people view freedom just as the right to vote or the right to get married, while other people people think, God, I don't ever want that commitment. Freedom for me is staying single. So there is no one size fits all. You have to create freedom on your terms. And what I'm hopeful that I can do this week in the podcast is help you get clear on what that means for you. We're going to talk about the three different kinds of freedom and why one of them is really the only path to sustainable happiness. I'm going to talk about the number one strategy that's going to help you create more freedom in your life beginning today. Plus, we're going to talk about 
four things you can let go of starting right now that will help you create a better sense of personal freedom. Before we get to all that, I want to shout out our listener of the week, who is Kath underscore 813 on Instagram. She's checking in to say, Dan, your podcasts are so inspiring. Thank you for giving me the push I needed to get started on becoming a better me. Kath, it means the world to me that you are here, that you're part of this community, and I'm so happy to know that the podcast is serving you. And if you have been a longtime listener to the podcast, or even if you just found us and you'd like me to shout you out, there are three ways to be our listener of the week. You can do what Kath did. You can screenshot this podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter, and be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason. You can join our private Facebook community, our Life Amplified Power Tribe. I'm in there giving you some videos, some additional inspiration and motivation throughout the week. We have a link for you to join in the show notes, or you can just go to Apple Podcast and leave those five-star reviews, which helps us with the algorithm. And don't forget, if you're really loving what you hear, give us a follow on the iHeartRadio app or click subscribe up on Apple, whatever podcast platform you listen to, so that you'll get those notifications every time we release a new episode. I've got some amazing guests and interviews lined up in the coming weeks, including Neil Donald Walsh, who is the author of the best-selling book series Conversations with God. We're going to be talking to him, plus some other really inspiring people who are going to help you amplify your life. In the meantime, let's talk about how to create more freedom on Life Amplified. So there are three types of freedom that people mention to me when I start working with new clients. Although I believe that only one of these is really a sustainable path to feeling in control and feeling happier in your life. So let's talk about it. The first one that I want to talk about today is avoidance freedom. There are people out there that see freedom as a result that will happen when they move away from a situation that has become unbearable in their life. You know, people think they'll be free when they're out of debt. They believe that they'll be free when they leave the soul-sucking job. They believe they'll be free when they leave a toxic relationship. So what it eventually becomes is the carrot versus stick principle. You're either driven towards something that you deeply desire or you're pushing away from a thing that you are absolutely loathe. And the two types of freedom that we're talking about present very different results. Somebody who is motivated toward creating financial wealth is going to produce a different outcome than somebody who is driven away from debt or poverty. And when you're in the sense of avoidance freedom, you're not ever really going to achieve lasting freedom. You know, it might give you a temporary motivation or a jolt that you need to get moving after a period of inertia, but you always run out of steam. And this is so true. I'll give you the financial example. A person who wants to get out of debt is going to work really hard, really hard until they get to the point where they're safe, where they're out of debt and they're back to neutral, then the motivation dries up and it creates this feast or famine cycle so that you're constantly running away from the thing that you don't want right up until the point that you're out of it, but then you stop and you fall back into it. So financially, you're going to vacillate between not having enough and having just enough. You'll survive, but you're never actually going to thrive. You know, an example of how this would play out in a soul-sucking job are the people like, oh God, I hate my boss. I hate these hours. I have got to get out of this 
office. So then you start the job hunt, you leave, you get to the new location, and you think that that's going to be the game changer for you, but you haven't addressed the beliefs and the thought systems that have kept you overworking and putting yourself last. So eventually, you recreate the same fate at a new job. We do it in relationships, you know, where we finally get up the nerve to leave the person who doesn't respect us or takes advantage of us, but we never really do the work that we need to do, and then it's almost like we date the same person in different shoes. So avoidance motivation is a short-term band-aid fix to a much deeper wound, and it's very hard to create lasting results that way. So let's talk about aspirational freedom. You know, the people who are moving very clearly towards something that they deeply desire in their life. And these are people who are highly ambitious. They're very motivated and they will run on that hamster wheel until they achieve the goal. But the problem with achieving any goal is that the effect rarely lasts for long. Last fall, I bought a new car and I was so excited to get this fully loaded Honda CRV and it's got the leather interior and, you know, the moon roof and, you know, I got my satellite radio in there. I've got my cameras and like all the tools that keep me safe. And I'm just like, I love this car. You know, I do love me a Honda and that's not a paid endorsement. I just think they make fantastic vehicles. And I was so excited to have this car and I really tried to be in that state of gratitude. So for two or three weeks, every time I would climb inside, I'd be like, hey, little buddy, I appreciate you. (laughs) And I know that seems kind of weird, but it was just a way for me to live in a state of gratitude. But after a month... All of a sudden, I was just didn't become special anymore. And that's the case for so many of the goals. The things you have in your life right now were something that you wanted a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. But now there's no dopamine hit every time that you think about it, which means that you have to continue to progress and hit the next goal. So many people think that freedom is going to be the result of making a million dollars until they make that money and then they start spending more. And they got, oh, man. Now, if I just had $2 million, then I could really get the house I want, send the kids to college, and I'll be good. I've given you the example uh, on this podcast before of the software developer. God, what was his name? Marcus Person. He is the guy that developed the game Minecraft, sold his company to Microsoft for $2.5 billion, bought a huge house in the Hollywood Hills with an infinity pool overlooking the city. He would have all these huge parties at his house where people like Selena Gomez and these A-list stars would come hang out. And then the guy went on a Twitter spree about how lonely he was. You know, he thought that the object, that the money itself was going to fulfill him when in fact he wasn't working. So he wasn't having connections with people. All of his friends were still trudging away in a job. It was harder for him to date because most women he met wanted to date somebody normal. They were intimidated by having a billionaire. And all that happened was as he felt lonely and isolated, which was the same thing he was experiencing before the money, but the money didn't fill the void. So trust me, you know, aspirational freedom is still going to be a better approach than avoidance freedom, but it's not the ultimate goal. If you're a person who's driven by aspirational freedom, it's like looking for the end of the rainbow. It's an optical illusion 
and there's nothing really there. Because what we want to slip into is what I like to call authentic freedom. And authentic freedom is the moment that you truly realize you already have freedom. You were born with it, much like the Benjamin Franklin quote I shared at the top of the show this week. It's a right freely given to you by your creator. And if you aren't experiencing it, the only thing that's holding you back is your own thinking. So the freedom that's actually going to be sustainable, that's going to make the biggest difference in our life happens on a deeper emotional level. And that is the freedom to speak up, to use your voice, to be who you are without fear of rejection or abandonment. It's the freedom to say no to anything that doesn't contribute to your highest good. And ultimately, you know, to get back to one of the phrases I use most on this podcast, it is the freedom to thrive emotionally, spiritually, and financially by living in your life's purpose. And that answer is going to be different for every person listening to the podcast today. My version of freedom is going to be very different than yours, but here are some questions to help you get clear on what freedom means to you. Number one, we have to decide what it is that you truly want at an emotional level, not necessarily just in the physical level. This isn't about the money or the house. And that doesn't mean that it is wrong to want those things. But when you think about having the money or the house, what is the emotional content it will make you feel? For instance, having a million dollars is going to make you feel secure then freedom for you is creating security in your life. That's a core value. We want to write that down. If your goal is to travel to 70 countries in the next three years, why do you want that? Is it a sense of wonder? Is it a sense of adventure? Is it a sense of fun? Those are the emotional values. We want to write that down. How can you start creating adventure in your life today? So for question number one, take inventory on what is going to make you feel free. And then number two, understanding the purpose of that. Why do you want it? Why do you want adventure? Why do you want security? Why do you want to feel more love or more connection or whatever those things are? Are that came up for you. And as I've told you many times before, understanding your why makes it easier to achieve the goal because you'll continue to show up in the face of any setback, challenge, or roadblock that pops up in front of you. The third thing that you need to do is take action. You have to map out a plan to create this freedom in your life. So if you had complete and total freedom, how would you spend your day? Who are the people that you'd spend it with? Where would you be living? Maybe it's one place, maybe it's multiple places. And more importantly, how would you feel? And then we've got to start to create an action plan to put these things in motion. And that is going to bring me to my number one tip to help you start experiencing freedom in your life today. And it's actually counterintuitive to what you're probably thinking. You have got to implement structure in your life to create freedom. And somebody listening right now is like, whoa, Dan, you shut the F up. I already have too much structure in my life. I am working for some boss who micromanages my day and my kids run my life when I get home and I got all these other responsibilities. I need less structure. But here's the thing. If you don't institute the structure and the planning in your life, somebody else is going to plan your life for you. You'll be on the go 24-7. You'll be doing busy work, but you'll never be doing your life's work. 
you'll never really be contributing to your purpose. I had an amazing phone conversation uh, with a potential new client the other day, and she talked about it. Like, she's fallen off track in her fitness goals. Her health has gone backwards. She doesn't feel good about it. She's like, I know I should be working out and eating better. She said, yet the only time when I get home, the only thing I have the energy to do is drink a glass of wine and watch the reality show 90 Day Fiance on television. But she works in a very demanding career that has her in the office by 5 a.m. most days. She's leaving to get her kids to and from school, to get them to sports practices and other activities. So literally, rather than being able to get to the gym, she has to stop and park the car while she's waiting on her kids and take a 15-minute nap in the car. She just doesn't have the energy to show up because everyone else in her life is controlling the structure of her day. So this is about you taking back your schedule. And let's talk about why you might be resistant to the idea of structure. And I can speak to this firsthand in my life. I am a person who kind of likes to fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, I can fall into periods of chaos when it comes to my schedule. And when people have tried to speak up to me about, no, Dan, you have got to better manage and put systems in place in your life, I'd be resistant. And when they would pitch this, it would really bring up a sense of defiance within me. It's not just like I would resist it. I'd get angry about it. I'm like, who do you think you are? But a lot of that, what I find in myself and in working with other clients who resist systems planning is that the people who put the structure in place into your life when you were young didn't do a very good job of making you feel safe. So on some level, you've become resistant because the idea of too much structure or having systems in life subconsciously equals not feeling safe. But unless we take new action, nothing new is going to change. So if you truly want to create freedom in your life, here is the number one thing that I would tell you. If you want to create more freedom in your life right now, you have got to keep a written schedule. Whether you're doing this in your iPhone, whether you're doing it with pen and paper, which I'm kind of old school, I like to actually physically write my stuff out either on paper or on a whiteboard. You have got to start writing down your commitments to yourself because the things that you want to create in your life, if it is not written down, it does not exist. So I would suggest keeping a calendar that you schedule from midnight to 1159 p.m., seven days a week, and you want to begin to schedule everything, starting with sleep. What time are you going to get to bed? We love for you to be getting seven to eight hours minimum per night. So in order for you to achieve that, what time do you have to go to bed? Put that down in writing. Number two, we want to schedule your non-negotiable self-care time, at least an hour a day. And how you choose to use that is up to you. Maybe you're a person who wants to go to the gym. Maybe you're an aspiring entrepreneur and you want to get your side hustle started. So you can start to break out this time that, hey, I'm going to work 30 minutes on researching my new side hustle today. And I'm going to get on the treadmill for 30 minutes. You know, for you, you might put meditation or journaling in there, depending on what your self-care is. But there has got to be non-negotiable time, preferably at the start of your day, that helps you put yourself first. From there, schedule in all your work commitments. 
What time do you have to be in the office? When is that meeting? When is the happy hour or the cocktail party that you have to go to? Put those down on the calendar and also make sure that you're scheduling out your time with family and loved ones. We have got to have connections, safe connections in order to thrive. So where are you going to schedule in that undistracted time away from the computer, away from the cell phone to spend time with the people that you love? And once you've done all that, by the way, you're going to notice one thing in particular. There's not a lot of time left on the calendar. And that's a good thing because now we can start deciding what you're going to say no to. (laughs) Freedom is about the ability to say no to the things that don't serve you and being able to ask myself, God, if I say yes to this other commitment, am I saying no to my goals? So structure and planning becomes everything. In fact, I would suggest putting an hour on your calendar on the weekends, maybe on a Sunday to plan out your entire week. So that one step in and of itself, if it's something that you can commit to, and look, I've had clients do this in different ways. They like to schedule out their life two to three days at a time. That's fine. But you have got to have some clear intentions for how you are going to design your day before the rest of the world jumps in and takes over those decisions for you. There is no bigger loss of freedom than when you don't feel any sense of control over your schedule or your time. And finally, if you are looking to create more freedom in your life, typically we got to let go of some of the things that we're holding on to, to usher in space energetically to bring in new things. Here are four things I think you should let go of starting right now to create more freedom. Free yourself from people-pleasing. You know, you're going to be a far greater inspiration. You're going to have much more impact on people when you're out there going after your desires than just spinning out, wasting all this time doing favors for other people. And, you know, I, I don't say this in regards to being selfish. That's not what this is about. When you have more energy, when you feel more freedom, when you're more lit up and excited, you have more to give to the people around you. You're giving from a place of overflow rather than a place of depletion. So a great way to know when you're saying yes to people, if you're doing it for the right reasons, is why. Because when you're giving just for the sake of showing up and giving, it feels good. Like you should actually be energized by making that decision. But if you're saying yes to people to please them, the energy under that is almost fear and anxiety. You're scared of what they'll say if you say no. You're afraid that they won't love you, that they'll shun you, that they'll push you away, that they won't be friends. And when we do that over time, giving to people for the sake of pleasing them, it always creates resentment anyway. It's still going to create tension in the relationship. So you have to get clear, am I giving from a place of fear anxiety or neediness? Or am I truly giving from a place of love? That's the best way to know whether you're people pleasing or not. The second thing you need to let go of to create more freedom, you need to free yourself from disempowering questions. Every time we experience a hurdle or a roadblock or a setback, so often we start asking ourselves, oh God, why is this happening to me? We take that victim mentality and the universe will always respond to every question 
that we answer. And when you're asking, you know, why does nobody show up for me? You're going to have more instances of people not showing up for you reflected back to you. What we want to do is start asking more empowering questions. You know, if you are a person who's struggling, if you're near your rock bottom, if you're frustrated in your career, start asking, what is trying to emerge from within me? What gift is trying to come forward? What is the positive change that is trying to be created and trying to manifest into reality in my life? And you'll get answers for those questions too. And I see this so often with people, particularly people who want to give their gifts to serve other people. They're like, oh, who am I to help other people? The question is, Who are you not to help other people? If you've been through an experience in your life, if there's a problem you know how to solve and you can help somebody else solve it, then it's really your duty to move forward and to serve other people. Number three thing that you need to free yourself from in order to create space for more freedom, comparison. Stop comparing yourself to other people. We all know that everything on social media is kind of BS anyway. It's very carefully manicured versions of people's lives. Nobody's showing you at their worst or even at their average. They're only showing you the highlight reel. But many people get caught up in self-judgment and comparison. We got to free ourselves of that so we're not trying to live up to some unrealistic standard and we can just truly be ourselves, have the freedom to bring our gifts forward and show up in the world exactly as we are. And the fourth thing, to free yourself from isolation. Stop trying to figure this all out on your own. Stop thinking that being vulnerable is being weak because none of those things are true. We're tribal creatures. We are built for connection. We thrive when we are co-regulating with other people. Friendship and connection and love, that is the name of the game. So put yourself out there. You know, get up on the dating app, join a meetup group, join a civic organization, or if you just need some assistance, find a coach who will help you get clear on your next right moves and take some of the strategies that you're learning about on this podcast, but implement them and make them part of your daily practice. I know a lot of the things that I talk about on this podcast, they're all common sense, but we don't turn it into common practice and that keeps us stuck. So by all means, uh, feel free to reach out. In fact, I'm launching a brand new eight-week coaching program called Amplified in Eight Weeks. It's designed to help you create massive momentum and achieve one big goal before the end of the summer. If you've been a person who's just been stuck in that cycle of indecision, confusion, inaction, and you want to start creating movement forward in your life rather than just spinning in circles, I've got you. You can reach out to me through my website for more information on that, creativesoulcoaching.net. Also have a couple spots open for one-on-one VIP coaching in the month of July. It would be my honor to serve you and help you move forward. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the podcast, screenshot it, upload it to social media. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason on Instagram or Twitter. And don't forget, Those five-star ratings and reviews, greatly appreciated if you're so moved to do that. I'll be back next week. We have some amazing guests on tap. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.